Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe Podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Monday, November 23rd, 2020. Happy Monday to everyone out there and happy Thanksgiving week to everyone out there. As I mentioned before, Thanksgiving to me is more than just one day. It's kind of the whole week for most people. Hey, it's a three-day work week. Hey, let's just get to Wednesday afternoon and kind of you know, coast to the end. And then it's uh, Thanksgiving Eve and maybe a night to go out unless it's a pandemic, lockdown, uh, California, all these restrictions, of course, like uh, we've seen the past few months. But uh, in general, it's a fun time. Thursdays, you're generally allowed to celebrate it with as many people as you want in your home. Uh, and uh, Friday, not everybody goes back to work. Some people uh, make it into a nice four-day weekend. And uh, Black Friday with all the shopping and the deals and everything, it's just a fun, fun week. And I'm thankful that you guys are starting it off with us here on Monday or whenever you're listening to this podcast. We appreciate it as we put out episodes every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. At least we have the past couple of months or so. Uh, today we're doing something a little different. Those of you who have been listening um, the past few months know that on Mondays, I, I generally just do like a sports recap by myself. It's just me just kind of giving my thoughts on college football, on boxing, maybe some UFC and definitely the NFL. Well, today I convinced my brother who's been on this program many times to come on. Uh, we recorded on Sunday night. I said, dude, listen, it's a lot easier for me to have like someone to talk sports with. And I bounced it around with a few different people. Uh, but I thought Sam likes to come on this program. He's been here a few times already. What if we made this a weekly thing or even every two weeks? I don't know. We're going to work on it. We're going to see if it uh, pans out. He's typically free on Sunday evenings or whatever. But we're going to try to piece it together and maybe just give our opinions on sports uh, for the Monday episode that you guys can hear on Monday. So that's kind of the plan. Um, it's uh, the first time we've done this with he and I. We've talked about other things in our interviews before, but on Mondays, we just are going to do some sports recap, which is similar to what I've been doing the past few weeks. So uh, we're going to bounce some ideas off each other, talk a lot about the NFL today. We didn't really talk any about college football, so I might give a few thoughts here. Uh, off the bat, uh, kind of going into the NFL conversation with Sam, but I'm really happy to have my brother here to have a conversation for you guys to hear that conversation once again, and for us to kind of share our opinions about everything that happened in the world of uh, the NFL on Sunday. There was quite a few storylines, and we'll get right to that with Sam very shortly. You know, guys, it's Thanksgiving. There's so many, or Thanksgiving week. There's so many things to be thankful for, and I gotta say we've all had a rough year. We all have, we've had these restrictions, these various things that have happened to us and just this 
oh, everything you could think of, everything you could not think of has happened to all of us, right? Well, say what you will about COVID-19 and all this pandemic stuff. I, I've, I've mentioned it to you before. There's been so many inconsistencies, so many restrictions where you just roll your eyes. You're like, what? Why, why is this a thing? Well, I don't want to bash my employer or, or anyone's employer or anything like this, but you know, there was a situation that I saw happen. And I just rolled my eyes. We have this break room at work and it's a decent sized room. You know, there's refrigerator and there's some vending machines. There's some microwave. It's your typical break room, probably four or five tables, some cubbies, a TV. Well, some of the higher ups and the powers that be, they came in a week or two ago and they kind of scanned the whole building and we're trying to see if everyone was, you know, doing everything they could to, to, uh, cooperate with COVID guidelines and everything. Well, someone in their infinite wisdom said, you know what, this TV that's on in the break room, it shouldn't be on sports because then people will gather and watch it. So somebody went out of their way, not to turn the TV off, but to put it to a non-sports channel and then hid the remote. I'm not kidding. This isn't like me overreacting. This literally happened. Someone was like, well, they shouldn't watch sports in here. And there's probably four or five tables. You probably fit four or five people per table at a table. You know, if you if everyone's sitting down and it started even before that, where they took all the chairs, chairs that we could see, they didn't take them out of the room. They put them in the corner and they taped them up and put a sign that says, uh, do not move. And it's like, well, why are you having chairs in the room if they're not going to be utilized? Wait, what? But the TV thing, I was like, why would you do that? And then they said, well, hey, only 10 people in here at a time in the break room because people go in there for the break. A lot of people have their lunch in there, right? That's what a break room is for. And <laughs> it was baffling to me. They said, hey, it's break time. Um, only 14 people in the break room or whatever it was. And I was like, what? It's a 10 minute break. It's 10 minutes. You're going to tell people they can't be in there. You can't watch 10 minutes of the Monday night football game, Thursday night football game. So let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. So people said, okay, we won't be in here. They go right outside the door and it's outside. I know it's a little different. And I would say 15 people gathered around a tiny table that was about uh, made for four people and watched the game on somebody's phone. And I didn't partake in this. I saw it happen though. And I thought to myself, well, that's a, that's a very fitting. You push everyone out of a room where you could kind of spread out and watch a game. Uh, and you make people go outside to gather very close to each other. Yes, it's outside, but looking at a small screen. So everyone's very close together. So go figure. Uh, <laughs> now there's some people listening or maybe People who made those policies would be like, well, how could they? Hey, you guys are being unsafe. My point is people are going to adjust to policies and they're going to watch a game if they want to watch a game. If they get 10 minutes to not do work and they get 10 minutes off to space out and not have to think about their job and, oh, there's a football game on. I want to watch a football game for 10 minutes. They're going to do it. Whether you move chairs or change the TV channel. They're going to do it. So I know everyone is just trying to cover their backside and make sure they are not 
falling into a trap or whatever. But I mean, some of these, it's like, come on, man. I get it. Sanitize, sanitize computers when you use them. I totally get it. Be careful. Sanitize things. You t- Okay, fine. Wash your hands a lot. But you're going to change the TV channel? You're going to hide the remote? You're going to not let people sit to have their break in a break room? What are we doing? What are we doing? I, I just, it, it baffles me to no end. And we're starting to see more and more of this. California is going to be locked down here um, in the next week or so. It, it's going to be, it's going to be awful because it's going to ruin more people's lives. The small businesses that are barely hanging on by having a few tables outside to serve people in restaurants, they're going to go, they're going to crumble up and be done, be done with. Everything people are fighting for just to hold on a little bit more. We can make it. We can make it. No, we're going to shut you down. Safety. It's all about safety, right? More harm has been done in the name of safety uh, probably than any other um, adjective, adverb, whatever you want to call it uh, that I can think of. Safety. I'm not saying you go and be irresponsible. Don't go coughing on each other and just you know, rubbing elbows with everyone, but come on, we we've lost ourselves so much here in this, this year of 2020, we we've lost ourselves. The policymakers, they just continue to make things worse. In my opinion, I'm not trying to discredit any scientists or any people that say, Oh, well, the, the virus and this, I'm saying we're not doing common sense things anymore. And it's driving me crazy and driving other people crazy. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. Some of the things, some of the policies that are made and it is destroying us. It's absolutely destroying us. You could say all you want, how, how much it's saving people. It's destroying people. It's destroying their livelihood. Um, and because of that, a lot of people will be unsafe because they don't have money because they don't have a business. They can't provide for people. Suicides, drug abuse, um, domestic violence. You don't see these things talked about on the news. Yet they are skyrocketing because people are losing their jobs. They're losing their minds because we want to lock everything down. Where's the money coming from? We're just going to keep printing money. And well, hey, to, or, or it's just going to be like, hey, man, tough break. You know what? Hang in there. Get an essential job. What are we doing? I don't know. I, it's it's Sunday night. You guys are hearing this Monday morning. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know what to say anymore. I want to say so many things, but I also can't. I'm just like, uh, I have so much to say, but I can't say anything. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm, I'm just at a loss for words with the inconsistencies and the hypocrisies of some of these policies, especially in California, as it's going to shut down again. Last time it did this, 15 days stay at home order, which turned into seven, eight months or whatever it's been. So you got to make an adjustment. What's insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results? You're not getting different results. So it's time to shake it up. Shake it up. How about normalcy? How about we go back to normal? How about that? Matt, people will get sick. People are getting sick. So make up your mind. Is it about people getting sick or not? And there's a big difference between sick and getting the virus. Keep that in mind too. Getting the virus doesn't mean you're sick. 
Ugh. So many better things to talk about today than uh, coronavirus. And, and uh, anyway, I, I, I'm going to push all that aside. Let's get into some sports conversations here, or discussions anyway. We'll bring in Sam Hersema here shortly. I know he's not a big college football fan anymore. He's kind of mad at the Pac-12 and some of the other conferences. And quite frankly, I don't, I don't blame him. I don't blame guys that kind of, you know, go the other way or go to another, go to another team because they're like, this conference isn't going to play football. That's what I watch them for. They're not going to, okay, well, then I'm not, I'm not supporting them. I, I totally respect that. And there were some college football storylines. Uh, I won't get into too many of them because we got to get to our discussion with Sam Hersom about the NFL. But uh, USC, they're 3-0. and They beat Utah. Congrats to the Trojans on a big road win. Uh, probably the most complete game of the season, but it still wasn't that complete. There's something wrong with uh, their their uh, the quarterback, Slovis. He looked a little banged up or something. He was kind of inaccurate. That said, they still uh, produced enough points to win. It was Utah's first football game of the season. So SC in their first three weeks, to my understanding, has played a team that played their first football game of the season each time. Arizona State, obviously, was the first game of the year. Arizona, they had been um, canceled the week before, and then the same with Utah, who had been canceled the first two weeks of the season. So USA, USC plays Colorado next week. We'll see how that game turns out. Um, USC does not, you know, halfway through the season and only a six game s- schedule, uh, USC does not have to leave Los Angeles, their final three games, uh, two at home and then one at UCLA. So, um, they could very possibly go six and zero and be in the PAC 12 championship game. Um, uh, but only time will tell, you know, Oregon, uh, looks good. Washington just absolutely rolled over Arizona on Saturday night. And, and quite frankly, with all these cancellations and all this drama, I'm like, uh, I, I buy into the sec, the ACC, even the big 12, but the PAC 12, the big 10 with all these cancellations, I'm just like, you know what? You're not that relevant. You you took this time off. You didn't think you were going to play and Oh wait, now we want to play. Like you're playing six games, seven games, whatever it is. You know what? Take the, just, you, you shouldn't, have any postseason accolades or anything? I'm sorry. I don't care if you are the best team in the country, Ohio State, who uh, who wants to be in the playoff and everything. Even though they struggle with Indiana, and I'm not taking anything away from Indiana. Great football team. If you haven't seen their coach's post game speech, please look it up. Indiana football coach speech after loss to Ohio State. It's fantastic. Very inspiring. Um, Indiana came back, couldn't quite get there. Uh, Michigan, man, they survived in overtime over Rutgers. I never thought I'd say those words, but Michigan football, I, I talked about it last week, uh, just trending in the wrong direction. And I think Jim Harbaugh's days are numbered. BYU continues to win games, continues to be dominant. But unfortunately for the Cougars, they're just not playing anybody. And that's kind of not their fault. They wanted to play football when no one else did. And they were the only team really in the West Coast that was going to do it. And they had to piece together a schedule as best they could. So no big names on their schedule. It's sad. They keep winning games, um, but they're not getting any respect. And and I don't know how much respect you can give them. I got nothing but respect for the BYU uh, Cougars and, and their, their, you know, their program, but they're just not playing anybody. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate. That's why I kind of wish the college football had gone to a, a, a bigger playoff this year, just for that reason to maybe get a team in there that, um, you know, is playing and really doesn't have control over their schedule. So 
Um, as far as college football goes, no huge storylines. Uh, Florida quarterback Kyle Trask looks solid. Probably the front runner to win the Heisman. The Gators continue to roll. Alabama looked unbelievable against Kentucky. Uh, but that's to be said. Um, no huge storylines really uh, for college football. Northwestern with a huge win over Wisconsin. Uh, Northwestern appears to be the real deal. Uh, the best team they've had since that 1996 team that played in the Rose Bowl against USC. Darnell Autry and company. So the Wildcats having a great season. Um, not getting quite the respect that I think they deserve. Some people in the media kind of teasing Northwestern football and everything. And there was some great videos and memes and things of that nature uh, after that Wisconsin-Northwestern game. So if you haven't had an opportunity, uh, check it out. Check out some videos regarding the fighting Reese Davises. Uh, you'll know what I mean after you watch uh, the video. Some some very humorous stuff. And uh, congrats to uh, Pat Fitzgerald and the Northwestern Wildcats doing great things in the Big Ten. Uh, that'll pretty much be it for our college football talk. Now, again, there wasn't a whole lot to say. UCLA choked royally up at uh, Oregon, throwing a, throwing a pick six on the last play of the first half. Uh, just unbelievable. And, and Chip Kelly's return to uh, Eugene, uh, choking away a, a victory there. Oregon, pretty good football team. UCLA, again, continues to turn the ball over. There was an award for turning the ball over, uh, I think UCLA would be the front runner, the best team in the country, I think, at turning the football over. Just uh, tremendous numbers from the UCLA Bruins and the turnover ratio. So uh, that that's really all I got to say for college football. Uh, I've ranted, I've raved, I've raved a little bit here. Um, it's time to talk some NFL. And for that, as I mentioned, we brought in my brother, Sam Hersema, who I hope we can continue to have on the program weekly or uh, bi-weekly, whatever, that, uh, to come in here and, and share some conversations regarding NFL Sunday and uh, any other sports really that occur throughout the week or the weekend. But we talk a lot of NFL action with Sam, and I hope you will sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation with my brother, Sam Hersema, and our recap of mostly NFL action from Sunday. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay, we are trying something new here on the podcast. We're going to try to have a conversation with my brother uh, on Mondays. Uh, we're, we're recording this on Sunday night, and as long as he stops moving around so much in the background, we could probably have a good recording here. So uh, Sam Hersema, he's been on the program a lot of different times. Uh, we're trying to bring, in, bring him in on the Monday episode here so that I'm not just rambling by myself. Uh, Sam Hersema. Welcome back to the program. Are you ready to talk some sports from the weekend and the week that was? Now I'm ready. <laughs> that was not a sound effect. That was a uh, little, little, little Sunday, uh, Sunday beverage there. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Um, how was your weekend, Sam? I know we're usually talking about work-related stuff or how your life is, but did you get to watch a lot of sports? Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't really watch much college football. I'm, you know, it's, it's JV right now, but <laughs> you know, I was able to watch a little, a few NFL games. Uh, we just ended a great one with the uh, Kansas city chiefs. That was pretty awesome. It was a good, good game by both teams. Really, really good game. I, I think the Raiders, as much as I hate to admit it, they've, 
they've found their stride. They're, they're playing good ball. Some would argue maybe they're a year away. But I think what we see from them, we see consistent quarterback play from Derek Carr, and we're seeing a very well-coached team. Say what you will about John Gruden. I've always respected him. Some said he's been out of the game a long time, but I think John Gruden, you know, here we are in, is this year two or year three? I forget, but he, he's really, take, it's year three. Yeah, he's taken this yeah. team uh, to, I, I think, to fulfill the potential that's there for them. And, and Derek Carr, especially leading the way. What are your thoughts on what you saw from the Raiders tonight? Well, that's why he needed a 10-year contract. You know, <laughs> it's, all, it's all about building. He, I mean, you know, I've always loved Derek Carr. He, I think he's a stand-up individual. I think I think he's a good person, and I think he's a really good quarterback too. Mm-hmm. It's it's just you have to find the right schemes for him. And I and I you know in all honesty, I think they found it. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think um, you know, unfortunately for the Raiders, they're playing that that red team across the field that has the best quarterback and arguably the best head coach in football in, in uh, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Andy Reid. Uh, the Raiders got them last time in Kansas City, and they seem to match up well with them. There's no way to really stop Patrick Holmes and Andy Reid's offense, but the Raiders seem to play decent defense and match up okay with them. What are your thoughts on kind of the Chiefs in playing the Raiders now? We've seen it twice where it was a good game tonight, and then, of course, a few weeks ago where the Raiders uh, beat the Chiefs. Dude, it's it's the same thing with, with Kansas City with every team. It's all you do is you hold on for dear life. And the, the Raiders were able to do that a few weeks ago and, and pull it out. But I mean, this week you have Patrick Mahomes who like he, th- he does that Brett Favre, like cross the body throw better than like, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure Jesus could throw it better than that. It, 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 dude, it was, he, he's amazing. Every single time. It's just like, it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, don't worry about it. You know? And then, the way uh, actually, what's his name? Chris Cunnilingusworth or whatever his name is. But he, <laughs> sorry. Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I, I'm not a big fan of his, but he actually dissected that play, that last touchdown pass to uh, Kelsey very well. Mm-hmm. Like Mahomes just, he created space. He, he took a defender off of, off of Kelsey by scrambling and, then he just, he made a touchdown. He made a touchdown play like based off of just his scrambling ability and his, his mindset as a quarterback. It's, dude, he's, he's amazing. Yeah. He, you know, he's playing chess for sure when everyone else is playing checkers, but yeah, it was how he did his little scramble mode there. He started to the right, but he ran just to the right exact spot where he knew he would take that safety off of Kelsey. And you could see him reading it while he's running I mean, he's just so far ahead of everybody. It's crazy that he hasn't even been in the league five years yet. Um, And again, I thought the Raiders played him pretty well, as good as anyone can play Patrick Mahomes. He still threw for 348 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Uh, They did manage to get a pick. Um, You know what? I, I think there could be a strong possibility that these two teams meet again in January. What do you think? Easily. Easily, the Raiders. The Raiders are a force to be reckoned with. They're they're doing everything, and it's 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 weird to say, but they're doing everything as a team. Mm-hmm. It's weird, and, and you know we were raised to hate the Raiders. You know they're just a bunch <laughs> of 
there are, there are a bunch of criminals out there, but you know, <laughs> but, but I like what they're doing. They're playing as a team, similar to what the, uh, the Rams were doing back in what, 2018. Yeah, the the Super Bowl uh, team for sure. Yeah, the the Raiders seem if look if they don't do well this year, they they're definitely in position next year to maybe win that division again if they can beat uh, the Chiefs and everything. But but the Chiefs have other teams to play besides the Raiders twice a year. The Chiefs are nine and one, uh, sitting at the top of that division now, three games, and uh, I think in definite control. Uh, the other team that the Chiefs are chasing in the AFC, Sam, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers. 10 games in now, 10-0. and 0. Uh, They played the Jacksonville Jaguars, which you could argue, eh, that's not much of a game. Uh, but the Steelers keep winning. And they're the number one seed. They're one game up, obviously, on Kansas City. I mean, what are your thoughts on – I mean, Big Ben, even at his age – they continue to play well and, and keep in mind, Sam, this is after they've gotten rid of Antonio Brown and um, Le'Veon Bell, who when they left, everyone was like, oh, there's no way Pittsburgh is going to recover from this, but they're playing very well. You have Tomlin. He's yes. the only person that matters. If you look at him on that sideline, I watch him on a TV and I'm scared to death of that man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows how to get his team to together you know there are times there are times when he hasn't but you know there he had to deal with Antonio Brown that should be enough said right there yeah exactly you know but Absolutely. like you know the steel the steel the Steelers always hold a special place in my heart because they're they are they have always played hard-nosed just punch you in the mouth football Mm-hmm. they've always they've always done that and, and they're still they're doing it in a different way now but it's you got to respect that team they're, they're they're really they're really doing something special over there I, I now when it comes to the playoffs they tend to crumble at least in this <laughs> last decade so we'll find out well well when i think of pittsburgh much like new england in uh you know their their history it's that Pittsburgh is just consistent. Even last year, Sam, when Roethlisberger was out of the picture, I mean, Tomlin coached his rear end. He he had that team in the mix with Mason Rudolph playing quarterback. I mean, he did everything in his power. And Pittsburgh, you know, the logo, the the brand, the city, everything about them, like you're saying, they're consistent. They're hard-nosed. They're never going to get pushed around. And I got to tell you, Sam, I'm really looking forward to the uh, game Thursday night with Pittsburgh and Baltimore. You know, that, that division, those two teams play each other. Uh, th- there'll be some uh, ice packs for sure. Uh, you look at the other games we have on Thanksgiving, they're pretty bad. But the Pittsburgh-Baltimore matchup, man, that looks pretty good. And that's always a fun game, right? Pittsburgh and Baltimore? Oh, dude, I'm – I'm waiting for that game. I I might stay sober throughout all of Thanksgiving just to make it to that game because <laughs> you know it's it's Baltimore they they haven't looked that great. You know it's they they ended up losing today right against the uh, Titans. In overtime, yeah, in overtime to the Titans. But, but uh, you know it when it comes down to those two teams, it's always fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, and that's a, what is a, <laughs> what's the Ben Roethlisberger line? You're not a stealer. No, wait, was it, did he say that? You're not a stealer until you beat the Ravens? 
Yeah, was, something like something like that. Maybe it was, it was like, Harbaugh. Yeah, I don't know. It was something like that. But then it was like, oh, the, or no, oh, I'm sorry, it was the wrong team. They were they were playing the Bengals at that time. They were just like, oh, what do you think about this game? It's like, oh, let's just say FC North football. Oh yeah, yeah, when guys <laughs> were taking each other's heads off and play out uh, yeah. personal fouls. But quite honestly, I can't think of a more physical division in the NFL than the AFC North consistently. Mm. I mean, think, think about it. Like who else plays that way consistently? I, I really do believe even Cleveland and Cincinnati, they're, they're terrible all the time. Uh, the Browns are doing well this year, but yeah, that's always physical. I think it has a lot to do with kind of the cities too, right? The culture, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, these are like blue collar, tough in your face mm. cities. And I think it kind of reflects on their football teams. Yeah, it's it's as football should be. Yes, you know, it's like I don't I don't want to see that you guys are friends during the game and after the game. I want to see you trying to kill each other. That's what football's all about. Oh, you can be friends. Man. You can be mate. You can maybe be friends after the game, but that's it. Yeah, I don't know. That that's that's head coach job. That's a head coach job. That's not player's job. You're right about that. No, it's, it's, uh, I'm happy to hear it. Um, you, you know, I know you didn't get to watch every single snap of every single game. You did see a few games today. Uh, again, we're recording on Sunday for our Monday show. Uh, but it really was the game of the day, speaking of the Ravens, uh, Tennessee and Baltimore. Uh, Tennessee came back. Or let's see, it was kind of back and forth there in the fourth. Uh, the Ravens tied it with 15 seconds left. And then, of course, who else but Travis uh, or excuse me, Derrick Henry, uh, you know, a 29-yard touchdown run, a walk-off win for, for Tennessee. And you know what, Sam? This is the second time in a few months that Tennessee's beaten Baltimore. You go back to the, the, the playoffs last year in the divisional round, and, and then here it is, Tennessee Titans get the best of Baltimore again. I mean, I know there's this love affair with Lamar Jackson and all of this quarterback running stuff, but don't you think Baltimore's in a little bit of trouble now being 6-4? and four? And, you know, four games back of Pittsburgh. And then who knows where that puts them in the wild card race? Well, first off, Henry is a god. Yeah, he is. He I, is. I, I, did, I, did not, I did not think that he was going to be anything special in the NFL because, you know, he, he runs a little bit too tall for me. But he, you know, he, he's proved me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> he's, <laughs> not that he cares about my opinion, but, you know, but – I don't know. Like when it comes down to like Baltimore, there people were going to figure out Lamar Jackson. It's all, it's all in his court now. Does he want to adapt? Mm-hmm. And you know, this season may be a bust for them. Well, I think when it, like, when it all when it all comes down to it, like he 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 needs to adapt. He 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 cannot. You can't be a running quarterback forever. As much as I like him. He's awesome. It's it's not something that you can that. What's the word? It's uh, sustainability. Sustain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's gonna. I mean, people are gonna figure you out. That's well, it. I mean, let's be honest, Sam. You've been a guy. You've always liked the dual threat quarterback. I've always been skeptical. I think over the past few years, you've maybe seen a little bit more in how things work and everything. But you know, 
when these athletic, it's not to say quarterbacks can't be athletic or quarterbacks can't run. But when I see in Lamar Jackson, I see this guy where they build an offense around him, uh, running the ball, carrying the ball multiple times, designed runs. And anytime you do that, you're looking at problems. Russell Wilson can scramble a little bit. Heck, Aaron Rodgers can scramble. We've already talked about Patrick Mahomes. There's nothing wrong with mobility. But it just seems like the Ravens and, and Lamar Jackson, they depend on him running the ball too often. They depend on it. They, and, you know, short yarded situation, to me, you shouldn't be looking to your quarterback to run the ball. Yeah, maybe, maybe a draw here and there, maybe a Q, mm-hmm. QB sneak, something like that. Yeah. But, you know, Lamar Jackson, is he, he's his own thing. He is uh, the new Michael Vick, but with a uh, – better personality and a better mindset mm-hmm. and but what you're seeing what you're seeing about the uh the different what is it the the dual threat quarterbacks mm-hmm. in today's world you're seeing you're seeing a mimic of russell wilson like starting to emerge it's just beginning to emerge you have that in arizona right now well, let's talk about, I mean, Kyler Murray and Russell basically Wilson, Russell Wilson. They, they played each other on Thursday night, another great football game, and two guys that are very mobile, but ultimately, Sam, two guys that are very accurate. They're very accurate passers from the pocket. Sure, they can buy time and hit guys on the run, but ultimately, it's all about that pocket presence, making delivery. You know, uh, Kyler Murray's a very small guy. Russell Wilson isn't the biggest guy. All right, they buy time. But a lot of times I see Lamar Jackson like bouncing around, like, like it's almost street yard kind of where you're like, you move around, all right, who's open? Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, I look at them as guys who, as we kind of talked about with Patrick Mahomes, everything is like, they, everything is calculated. They're moving to the right because they see this or to the left. Uh, and, and do they run? Yes, they do. But I do see a difference in those two guys and Lamar Jackson. Do you agree? Yeah, I love it. I, I, dude, I, Lamar Jackson, he, he still doesn't understand the concept and like not taking hits. And I, I think that's one of his only faults. Uh huh. He'll take, he'll take the hits. Russell Wilson hasn't been taking hits like his whole career. He gets down when you need to get down, you get down. Maybe if it's, if it's third and long and the game's on the line, Russell Wilson will stretch for a first down, <clears throat> but, but Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson will just like, he'll just take hits just like gain three yards. Yeah. No, it's, so, it's like, true. You can, you can, it, sure. Nothing might happen on the 50th time you get tackled, but it it's like the 90th time where, where things happen. Like anything can happen when you run the ball, you get rolled up on sometimes it's non-contact injuries. I mean, uh, a pretty bad injury we saw uh, on, on Sunday that I just feel horrible for him was Joe Burrow. I don't know if you got to see the hit. Uh, it's pretty ugly. Um, he seems to be in good spirits, but here's a very young quarterback in the NFL, having a great rookie season, definitely a promising future. And he got hit Sam uh, in his left knee as his, uh, as he's getting contacted from the, the other side of his body. I mean, everything went the wrong direction. He was carted off uh, a truly gruesome injury. And ironically, they were playing the Redskins against, you know, Alex Smith, who had an injury a few years ago. And, and it was just really sad to see. But, I mean, that happens in football. It hap- And that was in the pocket. We talk about running quarterbacks. That was in the pocket making the throw. I, I mean, I don't know if you got to see that injury, but you had to obviously hear about it today. 
I heard about it. I haven't watched it yet. I am. <clears throat> I'm. I. I hope. I wish the best for him because he. He was an emerging star. Mm-hmm. He. He's been having a great season, and. I mean, he's on the Bengals, but but you know, like, <laughs> but you know, he was actually making them pretty much semi-relevant. I think competitive and, is the word. I mean, they yeah, relevant. Yeah. I mean, they're not in the chase or anything, but yeah, you're right, competitive, relevant. No, he's he's a good. I think he's going to be a good quarterback, regardless of the injury. I don't know how extreme it was. I'll watch. I'll watch the video later on now. But yeah, he's going to be good. Pretty, pretty ugly stuff. Uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers to Joe, to Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, very, very tough break for sure. Um, you know, the, the other quarterback in that division, in that state, if you will, is, uh, you know, one of my favorites, Baker Mayfield. Not, not one of my favorites. Sam teases me all the time. But uh, the Browns a and Baker. World, a, a definite world-class athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, just a classy individual, if I must say myself, uh, Baker Mayfield, they got a big win over the now three, six and one Philadelphia Eagles. I know it was a rainy game, but, but my goodness, the Eagles, just when you're like, okay, it's their division. They can, they just look so bad. That whole division looks so bad. And the Eagles multiple times were in position to beat the Browns today and just turn the ball over. I love Carson Wentz, but Oh my goodness. They just fling the ball in the air. And I'll say this about the Browns, and maybe you can comment on this throughout the season. It does appear to me that they are asking less of Baker Mayfield. They're running the ball more. The, the, the decisions on the routes that he throws and everything, they're, they're just expecting less of him. I mean, would you agree with that, that they're taking the ball out of his hands almost, and they've been more successful that way? Yeah, they're, play, they're playing the hand they're dealt. Mm-hmm. Well said. Like, Very well said. You know, if, you know, Baker, Baker is a little, Baker is actually pretty good. Like just short routes over the middle, even out patterns. He's, he's good on short routes and actually he's kind of good at scrambling, mm-hmm. but I'm, <laughs> when it comes down to it, I'm not going to trust, I'm not going to trust Baker Mayfield to throw the long ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, uh, he, he's been throwing in that like 200 yards, you know, 12 of 22, those aren't big numbers or anything, but again, no turnovers. And, and that's, that's what they ask of him. I mean, they don't want to turn the ball over. They know that they can run the ball and they can play a little defense in Cleveland. So if they do those things, Hey Baker, don't mess things up. They're going to be in games. I don't think they played great today, but they're playing a bad team in Philly and uh, the Cleveland defense stepped up, you know, they rushed for over a hundred yards and, and they did just fine. So I think that's like the, the, um, uh, the, the, what's the, when you, man, I can't even think of it. I'm sorry. When you, no pun intended, but when you bake up and you, with the recipe, good goodness sake, uh, the baker's recipe, if you will, uh, for the Browns and it seems to be working for them. So, um, I think, it, I don't think they're going to catch Pittsburgh and they're ahead of Baltimore right now, but I think that'll change up too. I only see two teams in that division getting to the playoffs between Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland. If I was a betting man, which I'm not, I'd say Cleveland's on the outside looking in, uh, even though Baltimore is in that position right now. What do you think? Uh, at this point, it can go either way. Mm-hmm. I I kind of will – I will actually say the opposite. 
the uh, so Baltimore, I, I think they're just going to have a downfall. Rest okay. of the season, it's going to be it's going to be a downfall because people have figured out that quarterback. Even though I love the dude, um, I don't know, man. Cleveland is a sleeper. They're not going to win anything, but but they'll be in it. Yeah, it'll be interesting if they do get in. If they can steal a win, maybe or something like that. Um, it, it's definitely Pittsburgh's division all the way at this point. There's only six games remaining. Pretty crazy to think about. Uh, we've talked a lot about the AFC here, Sam. We'll, we'll kind of go to the NFC here in a second. But if you look at the standings in the AFC, you got Pittsburgh at ten and zero in the North, uh, Kansas City nine and one in the West, uh, Tennessee and Indianapolis are both seven and three in the South. So both of them are probably getting in. And then Buffalo is seven and three in the AFC East. Um, you know, they've struggled a little bit here. Miami, who I thought was poised to make a run at that spot, they had a tough loss today against Denver. But, you know, Denver's a tough place to play. And, um, you know, Miami missed an opportunity to today. today. So the, the AFC, uh, man, I don't know. I, I think the Raiders and that second-place team in the AFC East, that's going to really be the, the, the race to the finish here to see who gets the final wild-card spot. I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on kind of just the overall AFC playoff picture? Well, betting on a rookie quarterback to win in Mile High Stadium, that's not going to happen. You're right. It's no matter. Yeah. yeah. No, it's – I'll bet against it every single time. I don't care how good you think the kid is, which I – he'll do okay. But he's, he's kind of like a uh, Russell Wilson hybrid in a way. But I don't know, man. Like the the AFC is still kind of wide open when it, when you when you get down to the lower levels of it all. Mm-hmm. So we'll and, see. And it, no, and it's a great point because Tua he was he was um, he was benched today for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Fitz Fitz Magic came in the game and uh, couldn't quite pull off the comeback win, but the Miami offense was not doing well, and so I thought mm-hmm. it was very telling that they went and pulled Tua. And I think that's head coach Brian Flores saying like, look, we went to Tua a few weeks ago, but we're also aware that every game here matters. And they know they have a shot to get in the playoffs and to win that division. And I think they let a game slip away from them. But I think your point is well taken. Uh, Mile High Stadium, no matter what Bronco team is there, is a tough place to play and a tough place to get a win. And the Dolphins found that out this weekend. Uh, well, Sam, let's talk some NFC football. Um, you know, you and I are big Rams fans. I think if we continue to do this on Sunday nights, Monday mornings, whenever you're free, um, there's definitely going to be an emphasis on the Rams. And we'll talk about the Rams bucks game at the very end of this segment here, but let's cover some of the NFC. We've talked about running quarterbacks and how it's not, you know, that great of a thing and you got to be careful, but, uh, Taysen Hill for the, (laughs) for the uh, New Orleans Saints, had himself quite a day. Uh, that's, my, that's my brother right there. <laughs> I love that, man. The Storm and Mormon, the, the running quarterback, the Swiss Army Knife from BYU, got the start today over Jameis Winston, which I found interesting, and led the Saints to a big win over the Falcons. Talk about your boy. He, all he does, he, he does what is asked of him. Mm-hmm. You know, he, yeah, he did a little bit. He got, what, two rushing touchdowns? Yes. I think I believe, mm-hmm. yeah. And but you look at his numbers, you look at his completion um, percentage, and 
he does what's asked of him. That's it. And he, you know, he, that's a, that's a guy that does take hits, but it takes a lot he, of hits. <laughs> he's, he's not, he's not a, he's not a long-term quarterback. He's done, but he is doing what is asked of him today. And that's, that's a guy that just lives for today. Yeah. I don't think there's a way to slow that guy down. He does live for today. Um, if he was the everyday starter, the 16 game starter, I, I don't think you could sustain that. But if he's, I think he has that kind of no fear mentality where when he's in the game as a running back or receiver or quarterback, even he's just like, Hey, I'm living for right now. So that's really well said. But when he goes into that position as a quarterback, as a fill in, I don't think you can slow him down or ask him to be what he's not. And they also know they got Jameis Winston as a backup or third string guy who's uh, would, would do just fine, I'm sure. So uh, Taysom Hill with quite the day. The Saints beat the Falcons 24 to nine. I really, really thought Atlanta would have a shot in this game with Drew Brees out, but I was dead wrong. And the Saints uh, able to uh, put up a few points on the Falcons. So uh, if the Saints, Sam, uh, you know, we, we, we blink and we don't realize it, but the Saints at eight and two are the best team in the NFC and Breeze is out for a few weeks now, or, you know, we'll see what happens there. The Saints have kind of quietly taken charge of not only that division, but the NFC, and there's a lot of football to be played. But what are your general thoughts on the New Orleans Saints, where they're at, and what you see them kind of doing the last few weeks of the season? I mean, Sean Payton is is another one of those coaches, a lot Mm -hmm. like Tomlin, actually. Um, He's like, we're going to find a way, and we're going to keep winning. Uh, what what's their schedule look like? Well, let's look honest, it up. Like, we can look that up. Let's look at the next. Let's look at the next few weeks for them. Well, it's, I think that that's really uh, important and relevant because uh, there's no telling as to how long Drew Brees will be out. So, if again, if they can play decent football uh, in their remaining schedule, they could be okay. So, uh, as of now, let's see next week. They go to Denver, as we just mentioned. Mile High is a tough place to play, especially in late November. Um, They play the Falcons again in Atlanta, so twice in three weeks against the Falcons. That could be interesting. Then they go to Philly. Uh, They host the Chiefs, host the Vikings, and finish the season at Carolina. So uh, I wouldn't say it's easy going by any means. Maybe that Philly game is a a no-brainer, but – I don't know, man. I, I think what's in front of them is not necessarily an easy schedule. And But if they play 500 ball, which I think they're more than capable of, they should be fine. That's that's going to happen. They'll be fine. Yeah. They'll yeah. be fine. That, that, that schedule is nothing. And if you can get Breeze back healthy, maybe some rest is what he needs as an older guy. Uh, I think they could be a force to be reckoned with uh, in the NFC, but, but let's stay in the, uh, the NFC. Um, We talked about a little bit Thursday night, the Seahawks and the Cardinals played a very fun, tough game. Uh, Seattle. I I don't think the first win Arizona had over Seattle was a fluke, but Seattle on Thursday night, they just looked a little bit better than Arizona, even though that game could have gone either way. Um, I don't know if Arizona will catch Seattle or, or if Arizona will win that division or even if the Rams will win that division. But I do know, to me, Seattle and Arizona are both playoff teams. What do you think? Oh, definitely. And, I, and that win was very good for us. 
Yeah. <laughs> no and kidding. That's kind of yeah. It was kind of evens things out a little bit, but damn, it's, it's, it's the best division in football. That's oh, hands all down. You can say. Oh yeah. Hands down. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at it this way. The 49ers who had a bye this week, they're four and six. Okay. They've had a ton of injuries, whatever they're, they're fourth place in that division, even though they beat the Rams. Okay. Who, who's uh, the other team in the mix there, but the Niners at four and six have a better record than every single team in the NFC East. The NFC East is an absolute joke. You got three teams that are three and seven, and the division leader is Philadelphia at three, six, and one. I don't know what to make of the NFC East. I don't really want to think about the NFC East, uh, but you know what? Some One of those teams is going to get in the playoffs, and it's so hard to believe that every single team in that division is in the mix. Well, it's a real, <clears throat> it's a real nail-biter. <laughs> it, it's, it, you know, it's like the... Uh... Shit. It's I it's, <laughs> you know. It's like the electoral college right now. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there. You had to go there. Well, Dallas had a big win over Minnesota. Uh Philly lost uh, to Cleveland. Uh New York was off. Washington beat Cincinnati. So they all gotta play each other still. And and I don't know what to make the division. Flip a coin. Uh, it really doesn't matter. Only one team's getting in, and, and it's going to be crazy if a team gets in with uh, less than uh, eight wins, which is, you know, eight and eight is 500. Someone probably will get in at seven, nine. I've never seen a team get in at six and 10, but it might happen this year. It really might. Um, uh, the NFC North, I'd mentioned Minnesota. I thought they were kind of climbing the ladder a little bit. Losing to Dallas really set you back. Uh, Chicago had a bye this week. They're five and five. They're nothing to really write home about. And uh, the Green Bay Packers now sit at seven and three today after a loss to Indianapolis. I don't know how much of that game you saw, but I thought Indianapolis is kind of quietly been this like complete team. Phillip Rivers starting to play a little bit better. And uh, despite Aaron Rodgers throwing for three touchdowns and 300 yards, the Colts won that game in overtime 34 to 31. So uh, what do you make of both of those teams, the Colts and then the Packers, the Packers are going to win that division, make no mistake about it. And they're in the hunt for the top seed in the conference, but Indianapolis and the AFC South, I mean, they could overtake Tennessee and, and, you know, be the division winner there. So I think those are two, not just playoff teams, but two really good teams. And what are your thoughts on the Packers and the Colts? Uh, The Colts are looking great. Mm Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're, there won't be much of a problem with them. They're, the, Philip Rivers goes on his hot streaks. You know, I, I'm not sure it's sustainable for the playoffs, but they'll get in, yeah. probably. Yeah. The, the Packers are going to do their thing. They're, they're always just going to be a shoe in for the playoffs, basically. But, their, their defense concerns me a little bit. It, it really does. Defense across the NFL concerns me a little bit, to be honest true. with you. No, you're true. You're 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 absolutely right. That's like we just saw tonight, but this Kansas City Raiders game. Like it was, you know, like it wasn't it wasn't that high scoring, but you know, it's just holding on for dear life against against like it's like a shootout almost. That's where <laughs> offenses are now, and there, it's like let, let's not spend money on defense. Let's spend money on offense. 
Yeah. And, and ultimately people think, oh, that's what'll, that's what puts up fantasy numbers and everything. But at the end of the day in late January, February, it's, you know, you see these defensive plays being made and uh, I don't know, it's what's attractive. It's what's popular, uh, but you know, football, even though defense is being taken out of the game at some point in, in the season and the postseason, um, it, it does matter. So um, I, I do think one of the best defenses in the league without being too, uh, impartial is the Los Angeles Rams. I, I really do believe that um, they are going up Monday against uh, a very good offense. One of the most, uh, I won't say underrated, but a team that has so many weapons in the Tampa Bay Bucks. And I, I just don't think they have put up a complete game yet. And that's scary. I mean, you got Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, Gronkowski, one of the best tight ends. Uh, Godwin, uh, Mike Evans and as the whiteouts, you got USC's Ronald Jones running the ball. That's just on the offensive th- side of things. And I think the Rams are in for a real test on Monday night in Tampa Bay, going to the East Coast, another game this year. Um, it's going to be a primetime matchup. I'm not going to watch it until I get home late from work. But, I mean, what are your thoughts with the biggest game of the year, really, the Rams at Tampa Bay on Monday night? Well, I mean, you're talking about – you talked about a uh, attractive on defense lane. You can't talk about attractive until you've seen Aaron Donald with a shirt off fighting knives. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, Tampa Bay, like on paper, you look at how ridiculous their offense is and just by player. And they really haven't been that spectacular, which worries me because they're waiting – Basically, they're waiting for the to to play the Rams. And they're going to put up like sixty five points. It's like, yeah. you know, I I know my luck, but you know, it'll be a it'll be a real test for the Rams defense. You know, you got to put pressure on Brady. That's it. The uh, thing about do what you Brady, did last do what you did last week. Get everyone to triple team Donald. Yeah. And <laughs> it's amazing and, how much uh, emphasis he gets. He does get triple teamed. It's amazing, uh, but it frees up other guys. Hopefully, the, what worries me is that Brady is very good at knowing pass rushers and knowing the situation. He gets rid of the ball, even at his old age, so quickly. And what I think the issue with him and like Bruce Arians is Bruce Arians likes the home run. He likes the deep ball. And so he wants things to develop a little bit, but to develop that deep ball, you do need to protect more than anything. And if you can't protect for whatever it is, four or five seconds, Uh, you're in trouble. So I think that's maybe where there has been some inconsistencies with Tampa Bay. Brady likes to get to the line, read the defense and just kind of pick them apart little by little, but, but Arians kind of wants the deep ball. So I think that's kind of where we've seen their, their struggles. I'm curious what happens tomorrow because, or or on Monday night, excuse me, because there's no tell Tom Brady knows Aaron Donald's on the other side of the ball. So does Bruce. They all know that they all know that, uh, Michael Brockers and, and the defensive line is across the other side of the ball. Now, do you, do you, do you go after uh, Jalen Ramsey, the best defensive back in the league, arguably, or do you try to hit Gronkowski all you can? I am really curious to see the chess match on Monday night. And I think it's going to be a good football game. I, I, I'm fearful for, for a blowout like you, but I don't know. I think these are two of the best teams in the NFC. What do you think? I think you go. <clears throat> I think you go with Brady's uh, game plan. 
slow and steady wins the race. And yeah. it's, it's what you have to do against the Rams. Mm-hmm. It's you give, you give that pass rush any time to get to you, then you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Even, even Russell Wilson couldn't escape it. You know, what do you get sacked eight times last week? Yeah. Something like that. And, uh, yeah. The Rams secondary has played well enough. They, they've got some good players back there that have made plays, interceptions, uh, key third down, fourth down stops. Uh, they, they, the Rams are a very – they attack, but they're very bend, don't break. They'll give up a ton of yards and then hold their ground. You know, I'm hoping that's what they do on Monday night. Uh, but, again, like you said, Tom Brady will just slowly but surely – boring 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 and just chop you kill you a death by a thousand cuts until you got nothing left yeah it's gonna be an interesting game and i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna try to get off a little bit early grab a bottle of whiskey and just uh be prepared to be disappointed <laughs> well that's what you and i you guys you and i are rams fans we're diehards we, we we do that every sunday or or mondays or whatever day they play we are prepared to be disappointed so when they do not play well we know like yeah this is what it's like to be a rams fan um but this game on monday night in tampa it reminds me sam of remember the great matchups the rams and bucks had in the late uh, you know 99 in the early 2000s they met in that nfc championship game in 2000 <laughs> Ricky Pro, Ricky the rookie. Pro, a rookie. Rams beat the Bucks eleven to six to go to the Super Bowl. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And then you know they I had. I those... was watching soccer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what we talk about defense? All this offense talk comes late in the season. Defense, but uh, you know Tampa Bay. There were some great games. Uh, Tampa Bay and the Rams. Warwick Dunn and. Uh, uh, those offenses, man, he was good. Uh, Derek Brooks, Mike, John Lynch, Mike, Mike Allstott, Mike Allstott. Oh my oh, goodness! Oh my goodness! Those those are some great games, and it kind of I'm sentimental. I look back, I'm like, man, it's been a while. But you see the Bucks, you see the Rams, and they're both in the mix now. Uh, it definitely takes me back. And uh, the Bucks won a few, the Rams won a few. I mean, good times. I think I think the rivalry might be coming back. What do you think? Well, as long as Brady can stay on the field. <laughs> if he doesn't like die out there or something, you know. But I don't know. I'm I'm hoping for it. Do you it's, think it's it's gonna be a good game. It's Do you but, think the ahead. Rams you think the Rams can run the ball and keep the and control the clock and keep the ball out of Brady's hands? Do you think maybe that's a strategy they have on Monday night with their three headed monster at running back? You're talking about do, Everyone keeps saying three-headed monster. No, they have a five-headed monster. They do Cooper <laughs> Cup around the end. They do Robert Woods around the end. They, they run the ball like crazy. It, it is pretty nuts. You know what's, what's interesting, and I know not everyone, you know, my, some of these listeners are Rams fans, but I think they can relate to this. I look at the Rams offense. It's very similar to what I see with the, the real Hondo prep offense, heavy run oriented. If you do throw, it's play action, and everything looks the same. And it's just like, you know what's coming, but you can't stop it. Now, have the Rams struggled? Yes, they have. And their offense has been inconsistent. But when they run the ball, when they are getting chunk yards, five, six yards of carry, it's like, okay, here they go. Good. Keep running. Uh, run to win. Control the clock. Dominate the game. Yeah. And, you know, you've, you've actually seen the, the running backs progress throughout the weeks. You know, like I can't. In the beginning, think back to the beginning of this season. Like, 
the run game really didn't look that impressive. Mm-hmm. But think think back to last week, week before that, you know, they're, they were starting to gain traction. Malcolm Brown is doing an amazing job. He's just there. He's just there. Put your head down and run forward. Cam Akers is, is there just like, okay, make it, make a crafty move, you know, something like that. And, you know, Henderson, is, he's healthy now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, He's their he's their other guy. Just like make something happen, and then Robert Woods just give it to him around the end. Oh. It's like an instant six yards. Woody Woody's quite the the player. I I can't believe how much uh, they run the ball with him, and he blocks great. Uh, just all around great player. Uh, well, Sam, we can't talk about the running game without the offensive line because there is no running game. It doesn't matter who has the ball. Uh, without the offensive line, they've played pretty well this year overall. They struggle with protection in Miami, but the running game has been there. Uh, I got to ask you, uh, it's not season ending as of now. Uh, we hope he comes back, but, but the loss of, of Andrew Whitworth, the veteran, the team captain, your left tackle, what, diff, what, uh, what do you think his absence will mean to the Rams offensive line? Do you think they lose a step this week and going forward without him? Well, as a man who played left tackle, we're the most important man on the field. <laughs> You know, <laughs> hey, I, I, but, I, yes, you are. <laughs> but, and you're welcome, Landon, once again. And, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's a big deal, man. Like, I, that, that dude does so, so much more than people realize. You, there's a highlight video of that man out there. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to see his, like, his tenacity, his downfield blocking things that you don't even look at because you're looking at the guy and making juke moves down, down the way it's man, but he'll be back. He'll be yeah. back in lifting weights and drinking beer. I know. I will see him in his cast. He's lifted weights still with his arms. I'm like, okay, this guy's ready to rock. Hard worker, a leader, just a veteran. Um, I would love to see him in the Hall of Fame someday. Had a great career with the Bengals, and he's done well with the Rams here for a few years. Uh, well, Sam, let, let's just throw it out there. We've never done this. Let's throw it out there, though. Uh, you're a lot more skeptical of the Rams, I think, than I am. I'm always more hopeful. Uh, we're recording this Sunday night. This episode will be out Monday morning. What do you got for a prediction for me? Tampa Bay Bucks and the Los Angeles Rams on Monday night football. Tell me what you got and why you got it. Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I'm going to go Bucks win 24-17. they 24-17. And they're not going to get all their points on offense. It's going to be one defensive touchdown from the Bucks. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I I'm a, I think the Bucks will win too, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give a different prediction because I'm like you know what let's I I do believe the Rams can go down there and get a win. I think they're gonna frustrate Brady a little bit. Um, he's gonna take a lead at some point in the second half. Uh, the Rams are gonna have to rally. They're gonna come back late, score with I don't know. Uh, six or seven minutes left, and then Brady's going to go up and down the field, picking apart the Rams, and the Rams' defense makes a big stand with either an interception at the goal line or maybe an Aaron Donald strip sack late in the game. I got the Rams winning the football game, Sam, 26-23, a huge road win. Uh, I don't know if it'll happen. That's my prediction. Guys, if we're wrong, it's just a prediction. It's an educated guess or a non-educated guess. So don't. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like global warming. 
It's an educated <laughs> guess. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, uh, it should be a fun game. I'm looking forward to it. Now, now, Sam, we've talked to all NFL. Um, so you were telling me kind of off the air, you're not really watching, well, at least Pac-12 football. I've watched every single USC game. I think they are underachieving, even though they're 3-0. and um, But you were telling me you're not really into Pac-12 football because they're playing this JV limited schedule right now? Yeah. I, I'm, you don't get rewarded for playing the half of a season. <laughs> you know, like, what's what's the point in that okay congratulations you won half the season let's let's give you a little medal no i'm watching the texas tech red raiders man. yeah <laughs> hey real hondo prep colors <laughs> yeah and we got the they got a oklahoma state next week right okay i like it okay 14, 14 team in, number 14 team in the country whatever the fuck that means at this point <laughs> but well, Sam, what do you think? I know I kind of did this last minute, but I've been doing this sports recap show on Mondays and either it's Monday mornings or Sunday nights. It's always released on Monday mornings. And I'm like, who in the world could I do this with? And then it ends up, I usually have a recording with you once every few weeks anyway, once every couple months, I was thinking, well, why don't Sam and I do something on Sunday nights late after games? I know it's hard to stay sober by this hour and everything with all the sports on, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed your thoughts and maybe we can make this a regular thing. What do you think? It's hard to stay sober any hour, <laughs> but it's, yeah, I'm, you know, let the, uh, let your audience of six people find out. Um, let us know, see what, yeah. see what they think about it. No, I, I, yeah, it's, it's a lot easier to talk about the sports and everything when you have someone else to discuss it with. Even if I'm doing more of the talking, like it, you know, we, we both like Colin Cowherd. We both like Clay Travis. They have people that they are talking with while giving their points. And I think it's a, an easier flow situation. So we will look for some feedback from the audience, from the loyal listeners. Yeah. We know there's only a handful of them. So, uh, well, Sam, thank you for being here. I know it's late on Sunday night. Any final words of wisdom or analysis from the sports week that was? We didn't even get into any fighting or anything, but there wasn't any <laughs> big UFC or boxing fights really. Well, you give me a few more episodes and a few more drinks, and I'll start talking like Jason Whitlock. So, <laughs> Fearless. Yeah. Hey, that's a, that's a good promise. <laughs> Let me tell you, dude, we'll get NFL. We're going to have some UFC, some box. I mean, this is going to be good. Trust me. If you're willing to do it, I, I think it's going to be a really good thing. Uh, this was our first time doing it through Zoom. It's easy, man. It's, it's just a conversation. I think we can knock this out of the park and have – uh, plenty of things to talk about. Heck, heck you're going to have your, I mean, you're, you're the big NBA guy. You got free agency coming up. You got all kinds of stuff. MLB will be starting again soon. There's plenty to talk Dude, about. We got the, we got, we got the, the Lakers got the other Gasol brother. So we're all good. Oh my god. And goodness. then we got, and then I, I have been saying this since this dude was at uh, Louisville. I love this dude. Montrez Harrell finally on the Lakers. I, that might be my next Jersey. <laughs> I love the way that guy plays. He's wow. just, he, he's a beast. I can't wait for, I can't wait to watch him in a Laker uniform. Oh man. There's plenty to talk about. Even if the NFL goes, well, college football uh, goes away, there's going to be plenty of fighting. Uh, basketball will be starting again. Uh, but I will be seeing you, my brother on Thursday for Thanksgiving. Would you say Thanksgiving is probably your favorite holiday just because it's all about food and football or, or would you say you have another one? Uh, you, you know, 
I like Halloween. It's not a real like holiday though. So it's, <laughs> you know, it's, so it's Thanksgiving is the best. Yeah. I mean, you know, we go against the grain. You know, we, we have tri-tip. Yeah. For lack of a better term, fuck Turkey. <laughs> I want to, I, I want to kill a cow, but it, you know, all we do is like, we lay, we lay down, we get a little inebriated and just watch some football, eat some meat. This is America. This is what America's about. Meat, a uh, little, uh, little toxication, a little football. I mean, come on. And at the end of it all, pie. I mean, it's a great day. <laughs> it's the best day in the world. And then you got to deal with Christmas about a month later. Oh. It's a good send off. Yeah. You're yeah. Anyway, well, fun times. I'm looking forward to Thursday. The Hurst and the men will be uh, celebrating Thanksgiving the only way we know how. And uh, Sam, we will talk to you next week. I hope we should have plenty of football and uh, plenty of other things to talk about. So thanks for being here. I look forward to you being here on our Monday's episode, uh, Sports with Sam. I don't know what we're going to call it, but I'll come up with something. Yeah, if people give a shit what I have to say, we'll find out. <laughs> we thanks for your comments. Thanks for uh, everything. We will talk to you soon. All right. Later. Thanks again, Sam Hersema. You've been on the program many, many times, but it was a lot of fun just kind of doing a recap of the NFL, kind of getting your thoughts on where a lot of teams are in the divisional rankings and the conference rankings. The NFL season, only about uh, six more weekends left, so it's coming down to the wire, and I do hope the Los Angeles Rams can pull off a victory on the road at Tampa Bay on Monday night, but you know what? Uh, they're really up against it, uh, going against the best quarterback in NFL history in Tom Brady. So I'm not sure they can do it, but I have faith that they can pull the upset and uh, sure hope they play well. So we'll see, Sam. I'm sure we'll be texting each other late on Monday night, either talking about a big win or just ranting and rambling away about uh, another typical Rams loss. So we shall see, and I hope to have you back Sunday nights, Monday mornings to discuss NFL action and sports overall from the weekend. I think that would be a great addition here to the Get Home Safe podcast. Well, guys, that will wrap up today's show. Thanks for starting your week off with us or whenever you're tuning into this podcast. It is Thanksgiving week. There's plenty of great things ahead. We get another great show for you on Wednesday as our format here with the Get Home Safe podcast is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We will have back with us Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. He is the retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire that is with us every single Wednesday. He was with us on Friday last week because he was uh, kind of a little under the weather still from getting over his fight with COVID as Bill has tested positive a couple weeks ago. But by the time we record on Wednesday, he should really be on the final lap of his recovery. And so we're looking forward to hearing from Bill Barnes on his status and uh, hoping he can give us an update on uh, what the whole COVID situation has been like and uh, hoping for some more fun, uh, great times with Bill Barnes as we have every single Wednesday here on the Get Home Safe podcast. On Friday, we do have a guest already recorded and ready to go. I'm looking forward to you guys hearing it. It will be a discussion about 
uh, small business owners here in Southern California and kind of how there's been some challenges really with COVID and the lockdown and all these different things. So be sure to join us on Friday for our long form interview that we do now on Fridays with a special guest. It's usually a long conversation over an hour about somebody and uh, just their their job or maybe a, uh, a, a biographical discussion kind of about their life or just some of the obstacles and challenges they've gone through. Uh, we've had a lot of different guests on this program and it's been a blessing to have a conversation with each and every single one. So I hope you will join us on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving for some uh, leftovers maybe and a uh, fun episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. Guys, there's plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We would love to hear from you. So send us an email with some questions, some content suggestions, or maybe even just to uh, challenge us a little bit. Uh, Uh, get after us about some of the takes we have maybe talk about your favorite team whatever the case may be if you have some questions for bill barnes make sure those are in by tuesday morning at some point so that when i do record with bill we can uh, send those questions or or, uh, comments his way so that he can uh, respond accordingly there's also some uh, links in the episode notes to record a facebook not a facebook and a, a voice message i should say if you want to have your voice heard on the program, much like a caller calling into a show, click on those links. It's really simple. All you do is hit record and recording. It's a one minute limit. Um, very simple stuff. Even I can do it, guys. Even I can do it. So uh, that's an option. If you'd like to do that, if not, send us an email. Uh, send us a post on uh, social media. We would love to hear from you, just like you hear from us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays here on the Get Home Safe podcast. One show down, two more to go this week. I appreciate you tuning in to hear our recap of the uh, sports from this weekend, mostly regarding the NFL action. I was happy to have my brother Sam with me. It's a lot of fun doing the show, and it was a lot of fun talking NFL with Sam uh, and his opinions and uh, viewpoints as well regarding the season that is uh, quickly coming to an end. Guys, this show is at an end. Thank you for joining us. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Get home safe.